This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Cat girls. What you should never send to all contacts. What do I get with my coffee? You think racial tensions are bad now? Check out 1908. And Rick's brush with Eric Burden of the Animals. All this and unlimited tangents this week on Minutia Men, part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. We are the Minutia Men. And, uh, you know, some people say that we uh, have nothing uh, useful to say. That's not exactly the truth. What, what the truth is that we have a lot of useful things to say about things that are not useful. <laughs> It's a catch twenty two of unusefulness. Yeah, but but you know if you're if you're of the same ilk as us, then you might find this stuff incredibly useful. We're like um, Buddha <laughs> to people of our ilk, don't you think? We do have fat bellies, <laughs> so so I guess we are kind of like Buddha. Uh, so I, I should apologize uh, right away to our listeners who I'm sure have been sitting by their computers going, Hey, it's not, it's Thursday. There's no minutia, man. It's Friday. There's no minutia, man. Where are these guys? Well, this week it's a hundred percent Dave's fault. Yeah. I uh, took a, we, we usually go annually to Cleveland. My wife's lovely aunts live in Cleveland. So we usually take a um, drive with the kids to Cleveland. Uh, And uh, we saw the white Sox come back from a uh are they still playing that is the cute of the ninth, top of the ninth of inning oh it's a huge game it's yeah. going to turn the season around rick and um so yeah we um take like i said we take the trip to cleveland and evidently cleveland has really lousy internet connections because we did couldn't get a good connection for this podcast right because it's not in the continental united states <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean i've been to parts of cleveland that may not be although i think cleveland is actually when was the last time you were in Cleveland? Uh, the last time I was in Cleveland was for Landecker's wedding, uh, which was 96 or so. Um, speaking of Landecker, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and saw his um, thing. You know, yeah. his, uh, the piece on him at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, Vince and I put that together for him. That, it was Well done. Well done. It was awesome. Does it say uh, produced by Rick Kempfer and, and Vince Argento? It said actually it said produced by Rick Kimfer. They spelled your name wrong. <laughs> That'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, and they had a big picture of Vince and his biography. He did <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they they did, fun. huh? Okay. But I wanted to mention something quickly to you. Uh when, so when you drove to Cleveland, well when was the last time you drove deep into Indiana? And when I say deep into Indiana, like Elkhart indiana or something like that i've done it a few times because we used to go down to atlanta quite often to see my uncle manny when he was still with us um and he lived in atlanta so you have uh, to drive through most of indiana so you passed by the mobile home and rv hall of fame i did uh i i know it's been around for a while because after we got home i checked it out i mean i had never noticed it before but it's a huge structure rick oh i, I mean, know i know i've driven by it. It, it it's great and what me and my lovely wife were talking you know what is in the rv and mobile home hall of fame is it 
is it like famous RVs or what 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 is in it? Well, let me before you you say any more. Are you heading towards a punchline? Because I I actually know the answer to this question. Um, I actually made a quiz. Oh, okay. but sure, do, 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 I love quizzes. Um, no, you could do the, okay, why don't you be informative and then we'll be stupid. How okay, because I've r- actually written an article about the uh, about that Hall of Fame for Shore magazine. Oh. And they have stuff like the very first um, trailer that was invented back in uh, 19, 1912 or something like that. Okay. Um, they've got uh, samples of the like the creme de la creme from the fifties and sixties. You know the the uh, you know uh, state of the art RVs from that streams. era. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know things like that. There, I believe there was one that was like a famous like movie star trailer that they had in there. Uh, um, like Burt Reynolds or somebody like that. Something, <laughs> something from that era. Okay. All right. Well, keep the movie theme because okay. what I did is I compiled a quiz. Okay. Of my favorite RVs in the movies. Okay. Okay. And what I did is I uh, I've been up all night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went and got quotes from movies that have my favorite RVs in there, and it's going to start easy, and then it's going to go progressively harder. Okay. We. So I'm going to tell you oh, the line just in a movie. F- and right. You tell me what movie it's from. Okay. 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 Go ahead. I will not be doing the voices. Okay. All right. Come on. It's Czechoslovakia. We zip in. Stripes. We pick them up. We, we zip right out. We're not going to Moscow. It's Czechoslovakia. It's like going into Wisconsin. Stripes. Stripes. Yeah. Easy. John Winger, played by Bill Murray. Okay. Now, that they had a great they had a great mobile mobile home there. I or, forgot um, about that. Yeah, that's right. It was, a, right. It was like a fully armed vehicle. Here's, here's the next one. Don't put, don't go putting none of that stuff on my sled, Clark. You know that metal plate I'm in my head. I had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss in my pants. Vacation. <laughs> Cousin Eddie, That's Randy right. Quaid. Wow, you know your mobile homes. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know John Mad or John Madden, Joe Madden's Winnebago is called the Cousin Eddie. Does he really have one? Yeah, that isn't that where. Theo Epstein met them in the middle of like Florida or something when they were camping in, in the Cousin Eddie. <laughs> that and this is, is so the Cousin perfect. Eddie. I love that guy so much. Oh, All I right. know. As All a right. Sox fan, he, he's killed my hate. Yeah. Uh, number three. This might get a little more difficult. This is the best cheese sandwich I've ever eaten. Ooh. Best cheese sandwich I've ever eaten. That sounds familiar. Like I should know this. It's one of your favorite actors. One of my favorite actors. Oh, it's uh, Albert Brooks. Lost in America. Yep. Very good. Very good. Uh, number four, Lone Star. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin, former roommate. No idea. Uh, Lord Dark Helmet and Spaceball. Remember they were in a mobile home going through space? Okay. I haven't seen that in 30 years. <laughs> it was a terrible movie. I was like, it was the worst Mel Brooks movie. You know, my, my sons love that movie, and I can't watch it with them because it's just horrible. <laughs> I know. You know that, that that was one of the movies where Mel Brooks goes, oh, shoot. I've got, I've got another movie i got to make this year? Yeah. Okay. Give me a minute. And that's what. Uh, well, the thing I, about Spaceballs was it came out like five years after the Star Wars thing had completely died, you know. I know. 
Like, oh, wait a minute. Was that a joke about uh, which one? Was that like Chewbacca? What was the name of that character again? That's if we wrote a parody, that's when it would come out because it would right. take us like eight days to write or eight years to write a parody and then it would no longer be relevant. Oh, guys, this is great. We always were looking for a Fast Times at Ridgemont High parody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is my favorite, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. All right, maybe I'll even try to do the voice on this one. You tell me where my suit is, woman. We are talking about the greater good. <laughs> the Incredibles. <laughs> that's it, Lucius. Very good. I love that movie. Oh, I know, I know. I, I did the voice pretty good. Too, you did. I? You did. You could. You could be a voice actor uh, posing as Samuel L. Jackson. I'm in a Samuel L. Jackson tribute band. That was really good. Oh, thank you. So that is my. Uh, that's my own little mobile home RV Hall of Fame quiz. And that is some solid minutia. <laughs> it really that is, is. solid minutia. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Speaking, yeah, shall we just dive right in? Yeah, yeah. We went, we oh, this was just this was just the preliminaries. Um, this is and and I I'm offended when people say the government is too big. Yes, me too. You know, um, this is a uh, article that I um, stumbled upon. Um, the Nash the National Institute of Health or the NIH is to pl- is planning to lift its moratorium. On funding that could lead to the development of cat girls. Okay. Cat girls. Cat girls. What this is? Julie Newmar. Uh, I'm sorry. Isn't Julie Newmar? Oh, that's nice. cat Earth woman. Kit. You know what? You just blew a joke of mine. Oh, thing. I'm sorry. Uh, the federal government announced plans Thursday to lift a moratorium of funding on certain controversial experiments that use human stem cells to create animal embryos. That are partly human. So basically, I, you know, there's a moratorium that you can't like make human animals. Yeah, it's a. There was, I think, there's a law passed or something saying that you could not do that. Well, evidently, you can now study it. I guess because there's this moratorium that has been lifted. Um, and <laughs> what you know, what I, and I guess the reason doing it is so they can like inject these half human, half cats. With like cancer, and then they can really figure out treatments for so cancer. So animal testing on uh, yeah. with uh, human parts, basically. So as I was reading this, the first thing I thought of was not Cat Girl, although that was the second, or Cat Woman. That was the second thing. Was Burgess Meredith, the Penguin? Yeah, I'm envisioning that if they lift this moratorium, we've got a whole country full of Burgess Merediths running. <laughs> Yeah, and that whole Batman series was way ahead of time, if you think exactly. about it. I mean, yeah. they had Catwoman, they had the Penguin, uh, they had the Eggman. Remember the Eggman? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of embryos, yeah. It was way ahead of its time. Uh, have you? When was, when was the last time you saw in the 1960s TV show? Oh, it's been years. Um, you can get them all on YouTube. I sus- I, you know, well, Let's just end this podcast now because... You know, you're uh, just going to watch them? Oh, they're they're fantastic. Oh, that, I thought that I thought that, at one point go ahead. that the Beatles were in one. You know how they open up the. You know how Batman and Robin are walking up the sides of the. Yes, yes. And, and then you know you'd have a celebrity like, would pop out the window. I thought for sure it, the Beatles did it, but I think I'm wrong because I couldn't. I can't find any. You know, I think the monkeys might have done it. If you there's a YouTube video for all of our listeners, uh, go check this out because I have seen this. 
there's a YouTube video that has edited together all of the celebrity open door appearances from that Batman series. And I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, people like Sammy Davis Jr. were, you know, opening the door and saying hello. Um, but I'm pretty sure the monkeys were actually one of the guests that appeared on that show. So check it out. Yeah, that's minutia. You know, I was thinking as you were talking about that story, if they really are uh, implanting human parts, are they worried about like implanting, you know, human reproductive stuff? Have, uh, have they talked about that? Uh, I don't know. I only read about the first third of an article because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I really never don't know. Because uh, that's really the scary part. Like, what if they they're testing, you know, like a like an ovary or something to to work on ovarian cancer, and you know, it's in a horse or something, and. Uh, the horse yeah, breeds with the horse, and you get like half horse, half uh, human. Okay, here you go. Even with this change, the NIH is showing its bigotry and miscogenational tendencies. I don't even know what that means. And it, the NIH would even consider experiments that could create animals with human sperm and human eggs since they may be useful for studying human development and infertility. Oh, see, I, that's exactly what I was just talking about. My God, you're out of your time. You know, I joke about you going to John Hopkins. You actually did go to John Hopkins. <laughs> this is how sick my brain is. I was just thinking, you know, some of these stories that we hear from Florida or Texas and South Carolina about these guys, you know, going in and like having sex with a horse. <laughs> yeah. In, if 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 the horse is implanted with human parts, what if a horse gave birth to a human? Uh, you're, you're well. If I'm a baseball general manager, <laughs> yes, he's going to be my little base dealer, don't you think? <laughs> okay. Anyway, that that is that is. I've got some minutia for you this week too. Um. And I call this story the whoopsie daisy politician because uh, this is it's a story about Indiana Republican lawmaker Judd McMillan. He was uh, one of the sponsors. This is not a political story. OK, this is not a political story. Don't worry. Uh, he was one of the sponsors of the state's controversial gay marriage statutes. And he's a firm believer that a marriage is between one man and one woman and has crusaded to protect the integrity of of the institution of marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure that uh, his evangelical fans are very happy with him <laughs> until Which this we week. we have a huge amount, I'm sure, on this podcast. What's that? I'm sure we have a huge evangelical. Oh, big ev evangelical following. <laughs> um, but anyway, accidentally this week, he, um, he texted or sexted a... Uh, video of himself having sex but it wasn't with his wife <laughs> and he accidentally sent it to all contacts on his list including his voters <laughs> how old is this guy is this guy like 83 because this is something like my no you know, he's like, like our age <laughs> he's like our age <laughs> whoopsie daisy that is why I call him the uh, whoopsie daisy politician. And, and here's you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this. And his first excuse for this yeah. was that his phone was stolen in Canada. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, that's not me. That phone was. I'm 
Yes, sir. It's uh, clearly that's you. Uh, oh, you know what? I think the time is right for me to pass the torch and spend more time with my family. And he resigned his office. I know. You know, there's so many wonderful things here. First of all, if you're going to commit infidelity, maybe don't tape it on a video. Ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you learn anything from the Nazis? You know, here's the t- let me let me run through all the times when it's appropriate to tape yourself having sex. Never. What <laughs> yeah, are you thinking, exactly. you yeah. moron? Never. Don't ever yeah. do it. Um, I, I mean, I could easily see myself not having sex with another woman, but screwing up and accidentally replying all. <laughs> well, that's true. I probably have done that. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, I, I said something really bad, but <laughs> that, words cannot kill you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, well, uh, now Judd McMillan will have some time to visit the mobile home uh, Hall of Fame in his state. I, he may even he may even be the representative for that area. Yeah, you know, that's <clears throat> it's we, we come full circle. Yes, exactly. Um, speaking of uh, more minutia, okay. um, although this really, I don't know, can qualify for minutia. Um, you've been to Switzerland, haven't you? I have many times. What's your favorite part of Switzerland? I like the German part of Switzerland more than the French part of Switzerland. This will shock you because I can speak German. Um, but uh, so I like the mountains and that sort of thing. I'm not a big fan of Geneva. I've been to Geneva. Mm. Um, it's okay. Well, Geneva just got a little bit better for you, Rick. Okay. Um, there is a cafe opened up. It's called the Filatio Cafe. Okay. And it's not two names, Phil. It's, it's not a guy named Laratio. Phil. No, it's a not French Phil and Laratio. Phil. It's Felatio. <laughs> uh, and what this coffee shop is, is exactly what you would think a coffee shop by the name of Felatio is, is that you can get coffee and, you know, something extra. For real? Yeah. It's a coffee shop in Geneva is hoping to kick things up a notch with the Felatio Cafe set to open December 5th. Um, the London's, the independent London's independent reports that this Baroque themed cafe will <laughs> Baroque serve up a hot like cup, this of, is Java, something cup that... of Java, some pastries in a, well, you know what, um, you, they'll have iPads where you can pick your escort or your, I guess, waitress or whatever, and they will perform, you know, fellatio, uh, for 80 bucks. Wow. Do you, yeah, that's an expensive get, cup of coffee, but you still get the coffee though. Yeah, you do. Now. As I was thinking about this, I'm kind of a half-empty guy. I don't know if you've noticed this before. Yes, I have noticed that. Uh, so I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, well, what happens if you spill? Yeah. It can that be can... painful. I mean, they, they've got to put warning labels on their cups. I would think, or a, a big bib or something, or yeah. uh, like a like a, uh, a tray to, to protect you, I would imagine. Wow. I mean, the, all right, so... My mind is spinning on this one. So it's a cafe, meaning like you have tables and you, uh, you're sitting in the in a room with other patrons. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, you're I mean, ordering a cup of coffee and like the blonde. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then on the bottom here, it says, and ladies, you aren't forgotten about either. The site says the owners are considering a similar service for female customers. Wow. Wow. Okay, uh-huh. so eighty bucks, 
80 bucks for a cup of coffee. So it's about the same as Starbucks, except to get <laughs> it really something is. It's Starbucks. You don't get, yeah, yeah. All you get is the Christmas cup, right? <laughs> you have the offended Christmas this cup. This is not, not pumpkin flavored. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's very nice. I like that story a lot. I'm still never not going back to Geneva, but I still like that story. And well, it is this- now time for a uh, new segment, actually a new segment, a segment we do every single week. It's called Just One Bad Century. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. And I got to warn you, Dave, I have pretty much been living at Wrigley Field (laughs) in the month of August. I was there again yesterday, Uh, and it has just been so much fun this year. It has been so much fun. Savor (laughs) these moments, my friend, because they may not come back. I know, I know, but Uh, I got to tell you a quick story before I get to this week's Just One Bad Century story about something that I saw there yesterday. Um, there was a, a young couple sitting in the row right in front of us. I was there with my youngest son. Young couple, what, about 50? <laughs> no, even younger. I'm going to say, you know, mid-20s or so. And this couple, the, the, the girl was so frisky. She just kept leaning over and, like, kissing her boyfriend up and down the side of his face. And, you know, and it was a hot day out there. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to watch the game. And he kept, like, (laughs) leaning away like, hey, honey, honey, there's a game going on. (laughs) And, and you know, you could tell he was uncomfortable with the public display of affection. And she was just going for it. And the old lady next to me (laughs) and I were, like, exchanging glances like, Come on, get a room, lady. You know, and then so so the boy was like trying to push her off, push her off, and then she leaned over and whispered something into his ear, and and he turned around and looked at her and said, "You mean right now?" <laughs> well, and, well. and and she said, "Yes." He goes, "All right, let's go." And he had a huge grin on his face, and they left, and they never came back. Really, <laughs> it was like the third inning. So what do you? So probably she wanted to try that Italian restaurant across the street. I was thinking they probably wanted to go to Cubby Bear. They probably had some specials there or something. But when when he said right now, both the old lady and I laughed out loud because <laughs> we were following. We could you, you couldn't not watch this. It was right in front of us. And Sean did not catch on at all. Yeah. Uh, well, the Cubs were didn't the Cubs kill whoever they played yesterday? Uh, no, it was like nine to six. It was. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a yucky game. There were lots of walks and everything. But anyway, I want to take you back, Dave, to 1908 because every uh, time people talk about how long it's been since the Cubs have won something, you have to go back to 1908. And before I do that, I have to walk over to the other side of the room here and turn on the light because it's getting dark in here, and I can't read. So uh, if you give me a second, Newshamen weather report. It's going to rain. Ah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely about to rain. Okay, so here we go. In the midst of the Cubs' final championship season, a horrible race riot broke out in Springfield, Illinois, on August 14, 1908. Now, we talk about how racial uh, uh, relations are about as bad as they've ever been. That is not true. Because <laughs> yeah, they used we to be... A, we elected a black president. They used know? to be a real, real bad. And let me tell you the story, because this just happened, you know, just just south of Chicago. Before the race riots were over, 40 homes were burned to the ground, 24 businesses were destroyed, and seven people were dead. And this was not a, a black race riot. This was a white race riot against black people. 
Two black people were lynched by an angry mob. Five white people were accidentally killed during the riot. And the whole thing was sparked by a charge of rape. A white woman claimed she had been raped by a black man. The scene was so ugly that the governor of Illinois, Charles Deneen, had to call in the state militia to quell the violence, and it didn't work because the mob was 12,000 people strong. Oh, my God. 12,000 people. Twelve, And they were all outraged by this, by this rape, which turns out never occurred. The Ugh. woman who made the claim admitted later that she made the whole thing up. Uh, 107 people were indicted for their roles in the lynching. And remember, they lynched two black people. They killed them. Um, and, but nobody was ever convicted, except for one guy who was convicted of stealing a saber from a guard. <laughs> it was such a horrible event that as a result of that night, a meeting was held in New York City to discuss the national problem of racial intolerance. And it, uh, at that meeting, they created the NAACP. No. But so here's the here's the baseball angle on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's the baseball angle, right? Because this is what well, you really totally brought good, down the house here. But what's the baseball a angle? Good story. But there is a baseball angle, and this will show you another thing. Remember now, in nineteen oh eight, black players were not allowed to play. Right. And and baseball was just as racist as the rest of American society, and maybe more so if you listen to this story. Um New York Giants manager John McGraw stopped in Springfield on the way to Chicago for a game against the Cubs and spoke to the townspeople and called the lynchings so-called outrages. And the townspeople gave him a section of rope used in the lynching as a souvenir, and he took it on the road with him as a good luck charm. No, really? Yes. That was 1908. Now, we say 1908 was a very long time ago. I just wanted to point out to you that it was a very long time ago. Uh, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. I, yeah. You, know, you know what? I, I always kind of, you know, I know John McGraw. He was, uh, he was an eight men out, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. He, he was a Hall of Famer. I mean, he yeah. is a Hall of Famer. He's you know, one of the most. like kind of had somewhat of a positive impression of him, just a crusty old baseball guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, not anymore. Yeah, no, he's uh, he is considered one of the greatest managers of all time, but uh, there's a dark side there, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, my God. All right. Well, time for... Yeah, I thought I'd bring you down. I appreciate that. Sure. And now it's time for Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, so the, the way Celebrity Potpourri works, so those of you who are regular listeners know this, uh, I have written down the names of all of the celebrities I've met over the years, put them in a bowl, and Dave just uh, reaches in and picks out a name. And uh, I have to tell that story. Uh, and what would a minutia man be without your fax machine going? <laughs> that was actually my phone. <laughs> fax uh, machine. I have, People now, still this have is fax guy machines. that I would think could have been... On a Batman, opening a door of a Batman. This or a window of a Batman. Maybe he did. Eric Burden of the Animals. Okay. Um, so I met Eric Burden. We, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> sorry. Uh, Land. There's no cough button here. Sorry. Uh, Landecker and the Legends opened for the Animals. Eric Burden and the Animals one time. <coughs> and we were backstage 
and I, I have a very distinct impression, or, or impression of Eric Burden uh, talking to the guys in, uh, in our band and, you know, weaving stories. And one story I remember, and I didn't hear all of it because I was getting dressed into my Judge Ito costume. Um, but the one, <laughs> the one story I remember was he, uh, he was at the Ed Sullivan show in like 1965 and the animals were so huge at this point and all of the British invasion bands were that he stepped out the side door for a smoke, uh, like after rehearsals that day and was just swarmed by women who like tore, literally tore his clothes off. There were these girls that just swarmed him, tore his clothes off and he staggered back inside, uh, to get away from the horrible crowd which I thought was kind of a cool story. And then he uh, <laughs> he stepped out of his trailer, because that's where we were, yeah. in Vernon Hills, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And walked onto the stage at Taste of Vernon Hills yeah, yeah. and performed for a crowd of about 50 people. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of... Uh, yeah, the only people accosting him was, hey, you want a fried Twinkie? Six bucks. Fried Twinkie, six bucks. Yeah. I felt bad for him. I really did. Because, you know, when you reach reach heights like that, and then, and then, <laughs> and then look, you know, Landecker and the Legends were like, hey, that's not a bad crowd. <laughs> Eric Burton's got to be going out there going, all right, just give me my money. Just well, give me my money. Well, think about, you know, when, when you. But he was very nice. Like, I should say that. What'd you say? He was a super nice guy. Um, but when you, you know, when you hear about stories like that, and you're like, God, they must have made a ton of money back in the 60s. Why are they still doing it? Because they didn't make a ton of money because they were getting ripped off left and right by promoters, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. They were getting ripped off left and right. Um, so, you know, it's sad that, you know, that they have to do not the taste of Vernon Hills isn't a great festival. Um, no, that's true. They, um, well, I wish him well. I was like, the, he always seemed like a good bloke. Yeah, he's, he is a good bloke. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to uh, thank a couple of people for uh, this week's show, especially our executive producer, Tony Lasana with Opi Productions. And we should say congratulations to Tony. He's He became an uncle last yes. week. Yes. So, uh, Cute little one. Yes, congratulations to him. And if you like Minutia Men, <clears throat> check out another po- podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and that's Pugs Moran Live. If have you listened to that one yet? Yeah, Dave? I did. I listened to it last week. It was great. So he's a former radio host. Uh, he was on in Dallas with uh, Kelly. Uh, the show was called Kelly and Pugs or Pugs and Kelly. I can't remember which. Uh, but he was also one of uh, Kevin Matthews' producers back in the day, and I worked with him at the Loop. And I, he's a good guy. You can listen to Pugs Moran live and so much more at Radio Misfits. Dot com. Thanks to Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits Podcast Network for distributing us. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. And if you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter. Isn't that correct? Yes, we are. And I'm the, I'm the Twitter guy. You are the Twitter. And I've been retweeting you. Have you noticed? Yeah, I have been. Yeah. You, so l- last week when I was complaining about how you don't like any of my Facebook posts, you've really you've really taken it up a notch. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I, t- I take your criticisms personally. <laughs> and now tune in again next week for another episode of 
Minutia, man. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, it's Tony Lasano from Lasano Friends, and Evie Olson has this to tell you. <laughs> um, great Talk Radio isn't dead. <laughs> it just learned how to speak a different language. I'm sorry, language. Tony just Great Talk Radio <laughs> isn't dead. It just moved to a bad place. Don't use any of this. <laughs> Lasano and Friends. Can you please just delete all of this? <laughs> RadioMisfits.com. No. Yeah, right there.